Welcome to the Canine PT Academy Podcast. Business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapists. Introducing your host, Dr. Francisco Maya. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Canine PT Academy Podcast, Business Lessons for Canine Rehab Therapists. So before we get to today's podcast, which I'm uh, very excited about, a very different kind of topic where you probably looked at the podcast title and you're like, wait, what? Business Lessons from Taylor Swift? Did Fran go rogue or something like that? But no, there's some very good lessons that we can take from uh, folks like Taylor Swift who are, like if you really look at it, they are entrepreneurs, they are innovators. That's basically what they're doing. You know, and there's a lot of things that we can take it from it. So that's why I put together this podcast episode this week. But before we dive into that, just a quick mention for those of you who are listening as this episode comes out that next week on uh, February 14th through the 17th, I am going to be at the uh, American Physical Therapy Association combined section meeting here in Boston, United States. Uh, that Thursday morning, there's going to be the animal physical therapy uh, um, presentation with Carrie Adrian. So if you are going to be around CSM, just just sh- uh, shoot me a message. I would love to meet up. I would love to chat with you. If you are someone who already works in the field, if you are a student, if you are someone that is contemplating transitioning from humans to canines as a physical therapist, I would love to just chat with you. So just, just let me know. But I'll be there next week. All right. But uh, going to today's podcast episode is, uh, like I said, we are going to be talking about business lesson from Taylor Swift. And uh, let me preface by saying that although I do enjoy her music and when it plays on the radio or Pandora or whatever, I am not a Swifty. And I apologize in advance if I get any part of her journey, any part of her story wrong. Okay, and please don't hesitate to correct me if that's the case. That's totally fine. Um, But I do think we can take business lessons from many different sources, from many different events. And uh, 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 that's the reason why even about a year ago, for those of you guys who have been uh, around as a podcast listener, you might remember how I did a podcast that was about business lessons that we could take from the FIFA World Cup. Because there were quite a few takeaways that I think we can translate into a word from, from a lot of things around us, right? So, and, and, and not just that, but even though someone like Taylor Swift is an artist by trade, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, when you really look at it, people like her, they're innovators, you know, and there's always so much that we can learn from those individuals that we can carry over to our lives, into our business as uh, uh, business owners and entrepreneurs, Right. Because if you really look at it at the core, Taylor Swift is an entrepreneur and what she's doing is getting her brand out there. Now, she's doing that through her music. She's doing that through her events and stuff. But she's an entrepreneur and she's selling herself as an artist and as an influencer, you know, which actually leads towards the first learning lesson that I wanted to share on today's podcast episode, which is about creating an experience. So the first business lessons I want to take you from Taylor Swift is that it is all about creating an experience. And I have said this over and over again, and I'm going to keep saying even, even more. But we got to understand that we are not in the canine rehabilitation business. We are in the customer service business. And for our customer service to stand out, we need to look into how the client experience takes place. What is our client journey? 
okay and ultimately that is the main thing that it is actually going to differentiate you from any other canine rehab clinic or provide around you it is going to be the experience that you provide for your patients and for your clients okay and if you really look at taylor swift like are her concerts really just about her music okay now we all know at this point in time about her eros tour and i have not gone to any of the eros tour concert but you have seen it on the news, you have heard about it on social media, whatever it is, and you know how massive it has been, her Eros tour. And I know people, friends, clients that have gone to multiple dates of the Eros tour in multiple cities, sometimes even multiple dates in the same city. I remember when it was here in Chicago last fall and knowing people that she played like three or four nights at Soldier Field, and I knew people that went to like two of those nights, to the same concert, like twice on the same weekend, right? And then you gotta think, it's like, why is that? Like, why would someone keep going to the same concert over and over again? And they do so because of the experience that they get to enjoy during those concerts and the memories that it creates for them. And not necessarily about Taylor Swift's music, because if it was about the music, they would just listen to it at home. They would just listen on their iPhone. They would just listen in, you know, on, on, on whatever device they use to listen to music. Right. So let's take that to our business as can I rehab uh, uh, business owners. How does your customer journey or your experience differ from other providers around you? Think about it. Why would someone want to keep going to your clinic over and over again, besides the fact that you can, you're there to help their pets? Why would someone want to keep going to your clinic and see you over and over again, besides the fact that you're there to help their pets? What memories are you creating for them? Right? That's all things that we got to keep in mind when you are creating your customer experience, when you're creating that customer journey. Right. So that was the first thing that I want you to take away. The second thing that I want you to take away is marketing through telling a story, marketing through telling a story. And think about it. What is the thing that makes most of Taylor's music so relatable to so many people? And it is the story that she's telling with the with the lyrics. And it, it, it puts it in a place where we either relate to the story or it brings us memories, or it, it evokes some sort of emotion that we have because of our own life experiences, right? Which in return, it makes us connect with her because of it. And that's why storytelling as marketing can be such a powerful tool. And yet, I know very, very, very few canine rehab therapists that actually understand that concept and leverage that to their advantage. For example, we all have a story or a journey as to why we either switched from human physical therapy to canine rehab or maybe from general practice veterinary medicine to animal rehab. And guess what? People would actually love to hear that story from you. People actually want to hear that story from you. They want to be able to connect with you. They want to be able to know who is this person that I'm taking my pet to? Who is this business? That I'm taking my pet to. And yes, I know that many of us, myself included, at times can feel very vulnerable putting ourselves out there, 
Like, I am an introvert and I get it. But here's the thing. I'm not telling you to share any half-truths. I'm not asking you to make up any stories or anything like that. All I'm asking is for you to share your journey and your passion for what you do. That should be easy to do, right? And the reason why I want you to do that is because your story can be an incredible, powerful way that is going to allow people to connect with you and what you actually have to offer for them. All right, so let me just take uh, one example. So, for example, in our clinic, we do have an email automation sequence, and I do help our mentees create something like that as well, where I share with our uh, subscribers, if you will, a series of emails that I personally call those emails the Senior Dog Soap Opera Sequence. Now, why do I call that? Why do I call that the senior dog soap opera sequence? It's because it is a series of emails that tells the reader about my journey from human to canine PT and why I chose to focus on helping senior dogs with our clinic in Chicago, the canine PT. And this is a form of marketing that allows them, even if they're not even going to be seeing me, even if they're going to be seeing a different therapist at our clinic, but it allows them to connect with the mission of the business and connect with us because in some way they relate to that story. And it's also the same reason why when we ask a client to leave a Google review for us, we ask them to simply tell the story as to how we have helped them. Right? Because we want people to be able to relate to their story as well. Right? And, and, and if you don't understand what I mean, like seriously, go to our Google business listing for the K9PT in Chicago, read the reviews, and you're going to see what I mean. We have over 100 reviews at this point in time, and you're going to see that they're not just a quick five-star review, like great service, highly recommended. Like it's nothing like that. You're going to see how those reviews are telling a story. And the reason why we ask people to tell that story is because we want a potential new client to be able to be reading those reviews and see themselves with their dogs in that story as well. Because if they do that, then they're going to relate to it. Then they're going to want to know more about how we can actually help them. And guys, that is marketing. That is marketing at its core. Marketing is not just about advertising the things that you do, advertising your laser, advertising your underwater treadmill. That's not marketing. Marketing is about you standing out from the crowd. And one of the best ways that you're going to be able to do that is by having people connect with you. And one of the best ways you're going to be able to get people to connect with you is through your story. And I hope that even if you're not a Swifty, you can appreciate how she has mastered that component through her music, how she's able to craft music that really connects with people's stories. All right, so that was the second thing. The third thing is to repurpose your content. Repurpose your content. Now, this might be one of the favorite things that I have seen Taylor Swift do over the last year that when I first heard about it, I'm like, oh my God, this is genius right which was the fact that she took 
the content from her Eras tour, which was already massive on its own. And she decided to go ahead and repurpose that content into a movie, into a documentary. Right. So she took like the fact that she was selling multiple nights, gym packed stadiums all over the world, which that by itself, if you really think about it, there's not that many artists that can do that nowadays. But she took a step further and she was like, how can I take this and bring it over to someone who might not be able to attend the Eros tour? And that's when her movie, her documentary titled Taylor Swift, the Eros tour hit the theaters, right? And I did a, a little bit of a quick deep dive on Wikipedia with it. And in the first pre-sale, pre, uh, in the first day, I'm sorry, of pre-sales, it amassed $37 million in the US alone for tickets and over $100 million worldwide just on the first day of pre-sale tickets. And by the time it was all said and done, he had a, 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 a box office of $261 million, which is by far the highest grossing concert movie of all times, right? Not to mention, this is all just tickets, not to mention the merchandise and the revenue coming from uh, uh, the theaters themselves, you know, people buying drinks and buying this, buying that at the movie theaters, right? And she did so not by creating something completely new, but she did that by simply repurposing the content, which was the Eros tour, which what she did was her crew filmed the content for the documentaries over just a series of three nights of three concerts in LA over the same weekend. Right. And then you take that and then you couple that with the fact that she's selling an experience. And then she realized that the movie would not just attract folks who have gone to a live concert, Right, because that's the interesting thing. I know plenty of people who have gone to the live concert and still went to the movies to watch it, but also many, many more people that couldn't go to the concert either because of financials or because they couldn't get the tickets or because they were too young to go to the concert or whatever it may be. But now they were able to get a similar type of experience in the theaters on what the Eras tour was about, and it was just a different way for her to deliver the same experience to them. So when you really think about like how genius is that, right? Because sometimes with marketing, we get so worried about, oh, my God, I had to be creating something new or like, you know, uh, 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 and that can be very overwhelming to think about how am I always creating something new, either for the marketing, for your business, whatever it is. And it's like we don't. How can you actually repurpose what you already have and creating something different? If that's for marketing, if that's for what a lot of people nowadays want to do in terms of like an online uh, 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 source of income. And I'm not going to say passive income because between you and I, all the listeners on this podcast, I absolutely hate the term passive income. There's absolutely nothing passive about it. Right. But there is a way of you creating alternative sources of income. And how can you do that by repurposing something that you're already doing? That's the smart way of going about it. Okay. So repurposing your content was the third thing I wanted to share from Taylor Swift. And then which takes us to the last one. And the last takeaway, the last business lesson I want you to take from Taylor Swift is to shake it off from corporate and take control of your narrative. (laughs) 
Just shake it off. And this is the part of her journey that I'm honestly not as familiar with. And I'm sorry if I get something wrong and I did a little bit of research, but let me know if I get something wrong. But my understanding in a nutshell is that Taylor didn't have control over her first six albums because they belonged to a record producing company called Big Machine Records. And when that company was bought by an individual called Scott Brown, it started a whole feud basically related to the ownership of her own work that ultimately that's what led towards Taylor re-recording and re-releasing a series of albums over the last few years, all titled like Taylor's version, right? So she would have, let's say the album 1999, Taylor's version, you know, and she did that. And I think she's still doing it. I don't think she finished. I might be wrong. But ultimately by doing that, it gave her back the rights to her own work. Okay. And that's the last lesson that I want you to, to take away in terms of business ownership that I took from just observing kind of like what someone like Taylor Swift has been doing over the last year or so, you know, which is how she took control over that narrative and took things into her own hands and decided to shake it off from corporate. And we talked about this before, but as we know, the feud of veterinary medicine is getting a pretty good shakeup from corporate. And whether we like it or not, this has had a significant impact in the specialty of canine rehabilitation as well, especially here in the United States, but I'm sure it is happening a little bit in other countries as well. And if you go back to episode 69, titled How Do We Compete with Corporate Clinics, I talked a little bit about that. And in my opinion, this shift in veterinary medicine towards corporate is going to lead actually towards more canine rehab clinics being standalone facilities run by individuals like you and I. And I might be wrong, who knows? And time is going to tell us that. But that's where I see things going for the future of canine rehab over the next five to 10 years is more and more individuals like you and I owning a clinic instead of rehab clinics being connected to large corporations, large specialty centers. And I think the sooner we realize that and the sooner we take things under our own control, the better off we're going to be. Because we've got to understand that most of those corporations do not understand how to make canine rehab work for them as a business model. Because it does need to be run in a vastly different way compared to general practice or compared to other veterinary specialties as well. And if I'm being bluntly honest, I don't think they care too much in even trying to figure out how to make canine rehab work for them because they can generate a significant higher amount of revenue through other specialties, right? That should be easy for us to understand that, that other specialties can generate more money because of everything ancillary that they can do along with it. Or even the time, too, that it takes to do a surgery compared to do like a rehab session and the amount of revenue that a surgery can generate. Right. And as those corporates are mostly looking at the bottom line, or as those corporates are mostly worried about their investors, they are not going to care much about making canine rehab work for them. Now, what does that mean to us? What does that potentially mean to you? is that this is, could be your chance to do your own thing. 
to build something that aligns with your values and with your beliefs, something that honors your journey into this field and something that creates a vastly different experience that a client or a patient would get with you compared to going to somewhere, somewhere like corporate. You get it? Now, is any of that going to be easy? Is your journey into business shipping can I rehab going to be easy? No. And I'm sorry if I burst your bubble, it won't be easy. But I promise that it is going to be worth it. And I also promise that if you need our help, we're here to help guide you along that journey. Thank you for listening to another episode of the K9 PT Academy podcast, Business Lessons for K9 Rehabilitation Therapist. If you enjoyed what we had to say, please make sure to share or subscribe to our podcast or even leave us a review. You can also email us at hello at k9ptacademy.com. That's hello at k9ptacademy.com with any questions or suggestions. And go to k9ptacademy.com to find more resources and content, including our fee calculator spreadsheet, which is absolutely free and will help you determine how much you should be charging for your sessions. Because let's face it, determining what we should be charging is one of the biggest struggles we have as business owners in the canine rehabilitation field. You can also find all of that information and more under the show notes. Finally, I would just like to add a disclaimer that any of my thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are mine and mine alone, and in no way reflect the opinion or position of any other organization or company I may be associated with. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you're not having fun and enjoying life or running your business, then what's the point in doing so? So please go ahead and start having some fun.